Put it on silent. Flip phone. What year is this? Man, 2007 called. They want their... That's them calling right now. <laughs> Imagine it coming, you coming back into your body and you're just fucking ripped. Yeah, oh. Just like 5,000 sheets to the wind. Like, oh my god, I'm so fucking drunk. All of a sudden, <laughs> Jesus. I would like throw up. Like, all of a sudden, you're so drunk. You're like, oh, oh god. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. I'm Luke, and welcome to our horror movie recap and review podcast, where we recap and review horror movies and talk about all things horror, past, present, and future. End of another random February, Luke. This feels like it was our most variety we've had with this month. It feels extra random this year. Yeah. Like, really random. Really just all kinds of different movies from different times and sometimes feels like different genres hey that's okay man that's why we do it right yeah well before we get into uh tonight's movie to finish up the month how about you hit us up with some happenings in the horror world luke horror happenings uh let's see what we got my first one, again, this is, you know, if you come here to get, like, news. Up-to-date breaking yeah, stories. Like, you've come to the wrong place. This is, these are, this, all this stuff broke, like, forever ago. I just, they're news that I found interesting that I think it's fun to talk about because it's, you know, it's horror. And it, it is, hasn't happened yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first one I'm going to talk about is, um. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you, are you familiar with the um, the uh, the author uh, Robert McCammon? Seems seems familiar. So he's a um, I think he's still around. Uh, he's a, a an author, a horror author. He's he's written a, a bunch of stuff over the years, like mostly like I think like in the 80s and 90s and stuff. Uh, but his probably his best known novel is a a post apocalyptic novel called swan song and it's very much in the vein of stephen king's the stand like it's very much like that uh it's a tome it's it's a it's a beefy boy and it's it's fantastic i love it if i had to reread them now uh and just thinking about them right now i would say i would probably give the edge to swan song it's very very good i I would highly recommend you read it or or anybody else out there that has a lot of time to read because again it's it's a big book but uh, according to the Deadline, and this is um, this is from January nineteenth, Robert McCammon's best-selling post-apocalyptic novel is getting a small screen treatment. Monarch Media and Greg Nicotero are going to be producing, uh, so it's going to be a you know like a mini series, which yeah. which is awesome. Which I'm I'm very uh, you know very very happy to hear. I, I hope they do it justice. I mean, it's, I remember it being it's it's a weird book. Yeah, I can't say I can't say I'm familiar with the series at all. I feel like I've heard of the book and the the author, but I I don't know anything about it. It's really good, dude. It's it's a it's a 1987 Bram Stoker award winning book. Um, again, highly recommend it. So that's that's a series that's going to be coming our way. I I don't see here uh, as far as uh like which channel or or streaming service it'll be on yet. But yeah, that's a thing that that's probably going to be happening, which I'm, I'm excited about. And then for our next item here is, uh, and this is something that I, I I am I am very excited about. I, I know you are too, because we talked about this. You know, we did an episode where we talked about on until dawn. We played that video game for, on yes. the, on the PlayStation. You know, part of um super massive massives, uh, you know, uh, games, those horror games that they make that they're like interactive movies. They're you know, and until dawn is is one of my favorites. It's and. I think it is of yours as well. Yeah, it's up there. It's it was a good one. They're gonna turn it into a, into a movie. Like it's it's apparently it's it's you know popular enough. Um, they're gonna turn it into a into an actual movie. Movie, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, it's gonna be a, a reteaming of the director and writer for of the, the guys that made Annabelle Creation, which we liked. We both liked that movie. So um, this uh, this should should be really good. I, again, there's no. No one's really like attached as far as like you know who's going to be in it. Although it would be cool to have like Hayden 
Panettiere make an appearance because she's she, she's in the game. She's one of the models in the game and and does the voice for that character. Yeah, she'd have to she'd have to do a different part. Right. She'd have to like make a cameo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, but yeah, uh, until Don movie is coming out, and I'm there. Uh, I I hope they they keep it as true and batshit crazy to the to the game's plot as as they can because that that was a whole lot of fun. Uh, I, I loved it. Got any more for us? The last one is real, real quick, according to bloodydisgusting.com. Uh, the Long Walk, you know, Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Stephen King. They're going to turn that into a movie, finally. And it's going to be directed by uh, Francis Lawrence, you know, who did, um, you know, Constantine and uh, yeah. a, a bunch of um, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it, Let's it, just say I'm not I'm not holding my breath. Hopefully it gets made. Th- this is. This is the movie that Andre Overdahl was attached to direct before the last voyage of Demeter like tanked. Right. And then, yeah, you know, he's no longer making this anymore. I'm, I know he said it wasn't related, but it just seems weird that it wouldn't be related. So anyway, I like Francis Lawrence. Um, I don't know if he was, I mean, he's, he also directed that Will Smith adaptation of, um, I am legend, you know, that he directed that movie and that movie's pretty cool. So yeah, it, it had its moments. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it could be good. Uh, I really like that story. Uh, I, you know, I'm curious how they're going to handle it because it's nothing but kids getting shot. So, um, you know, in this day and age, it's might be a little bit of a touchy subject. Well, the, you can fix this one better. I mean, the, the other story from that, that short story, the Bachman books rage, which is, you know, you oh, can't God. find anymore anyway. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. Cause that's like actual kids in a school, but right. yeah, long walk. You can just make them all adults. This is true. That's that'd be an easy fix. Yeah. I mean, I if I'm thinking it's been a while since I've read the short story, but I don't remember them being young being integral to the part uh, to to the plot. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. And it's been a very very long time since I've read um the Bachman books, and I think that was literally the collection of those stories was called the Bachman books. Yeah, no, I, you could easily just turn them into like, I don't know, like college age people and it would be the same probably. But that's it. That's all I got. Luke, we used to spend so much time recording and editing our podcast. We certainly did, Marcus. When we finally realized that our sound quality was holding us back, we knew we had to make a change. We were also using so many programs. One for recording, one for editing, and another for hosting. Thankfully, our problems are solved with Zencaster. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. It's so easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests, all while feeling secure knowing that Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. Stop wasting time in multiple programs and experience Zencaster's all-in-one dashboard. Zencaster will even distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code reviewed to death and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So what's Suitable Flesh about, Luke? Uh, So Suitable Flesh is, um, oh, by the way, uh, spoiler warning. Oh, yeah. Brand brand new movie, pretty much. 2023 just came out last year. So uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I I don't know if you'll like it. This is going to be, should we do do a little quick, like, non-spoilery, like, thoughts, initial thoughts? And granted, we just finished watching this, like, a few minutes ago. Well, tell us what it's about, and then we'll do that. Suitable Flesh is a uh, horror movie uh, about a psychiatrist that becomes obsessed with one of her young patients, who she later discovers is linked to an ancient curse. All right. So non-spoiler thoughts real quick. I had high hopes for this one just because of uh, 
you know, it's got it's a it's a Lovecraft story that's got a big Stuart Gordon feel. And you know, like if you've listened to our podcast, you know that we love those reanimator movies. And uh From Beyond, we watched that one. Um, even though From Beyond's not as good, we we liked it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and then sure. also being directed by Joe Lynch, who we're both big fans of. Yeah. And having Barbara Crampton in it. And uh, the trailer was great. And I found myself disappointed. Um, I did too. Ultimately, it's it was it was okay. It was uh, it was fine. I ended up liking it more than maybe you. It sounds like because it, it definitely seems like there was a conscious choice to make this movie look as as closely aesthetically to those those movies you just mentioned, like From Beyond and and like uh, Dagon, which. I mean, that came out in 2003, but that movie, if you watch Dagon, it looks like it was made in the 90s. I like Dagon better, man. Yeah, I like Dagon better, for sure. And I'm not, that's not a dig on, not a dig on Dagon. (laughs) No, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just got, you know, like, it's like uh, mid 2000s shitty, uh, shitty CG. Right, right. And I, it's, I'm sure like. It was, you know, part of it was, a, you know, aesthetic choice because there's no way they made this whole movie looks like that. It looks like it was if you put this next to Dagon next to From Beyond and you didn't tell me and I didn't know these people, you know, the, the actors in it. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, so these were made around the same time. Like it's 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 a very conscious effort to make them look to make this movie look like those movies. But I'm sure it also had to do something with the budget because this is a very low budget movie. You can tell. So I'm sure that helped in that matter, um, but I did enjoy. I, I I I like that aesthetic. It brings it kind of like brings it together. So that that was kind of cool. Uh, but that being said, yeah, the story is pretty aimless for for a lot of the movie. Uh, it just kind of goes nowhere, and you're kind of left to wonder, like, okay, so where do we go from here? <laughs> right, or where what is happening, or what has happened. And we've been watching this for 45 minutes and it feels like you've done nothing with the story. Yeah, I feel like wheels get spinned a lot in this movie. And uh, I don't know. Ultimately, I, I thought it was fine. Um, it's not something I'll ever probably revisit again. Uh, but I'm not like sorry I watched it. So that's my final thought on that. So this one stars Heather Graham, who's by far the biggest name in it. Um, even though Barbara Crampton's huge in horror circles, she's not, you know, right. super mainstream. Uh, and I don't know if Heather Graham's really that mainstream anymore. She's just, you know, done more famous things. First of all, we couldn't, I couldn't believe that she was in her mid fifties. I, I, I didn't realize she was, well, I didn't realize she was that old. I also didn't realize she was born in Milwaukee. I just, I'm looking at her up right now. Holy shit. Look at that. But yeah, I'm just looking at her, um, her credits. I mean, she's been working uh, pretty steadily, but nothing really that you would really recognize. Oh, she was in the Stan miniseries, that one that was really poorly reviewed in 2020 and then got canceled. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch it either, and I'm not going to because I heard it's I heard it's real bad. But yeah, she was, she's mostly been in, in TV. Like, I guess she did a voice in one of the Call of Duty games. Oh, yeah, she was in Californication with, uh, Jane, with uh, David Duchovny, uh, which I did like that show quite a bit. But yeah, no, like not not a whole lot, right? Like, like point being, uh, she's been kind of uh, out of the the limelight for for a while. Um, still really busy working, apparently, but just yeah, nothing that uh, has really you know become mainstream. We mentioned Lovecraft. This one is uh, based on a Lovecraft story called "The Thing on the Doorstep," and I don't, I haven't read any of the Lovecraft short stories. Uh, I'm, I'm not, Luke or I am not familiar with this one. It looks like what they took from it is a couple of the names and then also uh, the main idea of uh, body swapping and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not familiar with this one either. I, I did get into Lovecraft for a while after we did our Lovecraftian summer. I actually read a bunch of the stuff, um, mostly the stuff that we that ended up being adapted that we, we watched, but I, I read some other stuff too, but I know I never, I've never read this one. And so we mentioned body swapping. Um, that's the main focus of this movie. And it feels like they talk about it for the entire movie, but don't ever tell you anything about it. It feels like they started this movie with a body swap between a character named Asa 
and our Heather Graham character named Derby and then threw a whole bunch of shit on you without explaining it. Like there was this three time rule and people could do it with some words and you switch bodies and then uh, you get real sexual and then you switch back. And we're like, okay, what's going on? I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like sp- sprinkled throughout, but it, it, it long story short is, I think it's just referred to as the thing because the the story is called what the thing on the doorstep, right? Like they yes, like the way the movie starts is Doctor Elizabeth Thurby, that's this Heather Graham's character. She's like, I should have never opened the door for that thing, right? And um, you know, we learn that it's this thing, which you know, not to jump, well, I guess pretty jump pretty far ahead in the movie near the end really it at one point says all my friends are in hell right so like it's a demon right or it's either a demon or it's one of the lovecraftian like old ones right because it's we see it um you know it has in its possession uh a very necronomicon ish looking book uh in which it has all kinds of different uh Lovecraftian type creature illustrations in it. It actually looks like a pretty cool fucking book. Yeah, I do think we both discussed this too, and I do think it's actually like a version of the Necronomicon. Yeah, Lovecraft used that shit too. Yeah, I think he didn't he come up with it. I, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, uh, I could be. I'm not positive. I know there's a there's a movie of his called Necronomicon. I, I think, know. which is sort of like an anthology movie that we never could track down because Dude. it doesn't have any kind of release. Um, I been trying to track this movie down forever you can't find it it's nowhere it's nowhere it's not it 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 was released on dvd a while back and then they never reprinted it i'm i'm actively looking for it (laughs) i'm still i haven't been telling you this because there's i'm probably will never find it but like i have a couple of there's a couple of um like used dvd places by me that i i have it on hold like if you ever get this movie (laughs) please call me well, good luck if they know what they got, because they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for it if they know what it is. Right. Well, hopefully they don't. That's that's my that's my evil little scheme. I hope they just like, oh yeah, it's here. <laughs> if you want to pick it up for five I, bucks, I um, found it on um, I found it on Daily Motion, something like that once. Yeah. Um, and then when I started playing it, the audio was uh, in Russian. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm afraid to use some of those sites too. I don't want to get you know every virus i'm sure it's out there like on a torrent site or something like that right but i don't know enough about that and i don't have a secure enough computer to be messing around with it either same and is unfortunately it's one of those movies that not only is it not available to to get on like physical media uh but it also isn't like usually when those movies uh when that happens to movies they uh end up being free on youtube like someone just like uploads them to youtube not in this case it's just not on youtube it's nowhere it's 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 freaking nowhere and it's it's been like a like a several year quest for me like whenever we did uh Lovecrafty in summer i've been pretty much looking for it since then uh but anyway well i'll get it eventually i i i'll get it eventually i know i will i'll find it it's out there somewhere someone's got <laughs> it someone's got it and they're going to they're going to i don't know they're going to sell it and i'm going to i'm going to buy it <laughs> but uh anyway i we digress so anyway, this thing, it has this Necronomicon and um, it's able through this book, I guess, is because where it's learned this like uh, this very Cthulhu-ish, you know, uh, dead sounding language. And it, it says these phrases and as long as it makes you bleed or it's got your blood, uh, it can say these words and it'll it'll swap with you. And if it does it three times then you're stuck in whatever body you end up in at the time. Whereas this thing can just keep on trucking, right? Did I understand right. that correctly? Maybe, or or is it also it, stuck? It, see, there's another thing. They don't really make this clear either. Right. There's no, I I wanted some rules, Luke. Yeah, the rules are, are, are loosey-goosey, uh, to, you know, to say the least. Uh, but anyway, th- that's kind of this thing's power. And, and when... Um, you know when Doctor uh, Doctor uh, Derby, you know that's that's a bit early, or pff, that's Heather Graham when she meets uh, this character of um, Asa Asa Waite. Yeah. Um. He, I don't know how he ends up at her office, 
in, in the first, like why he came there in the first place. Right. Cause he just shows up, but right. there's no reason why other than maybe he just like picked a psychologist at random and it was her. Right. So he shows up at her office and he's all distressed and he's like, my, my father, he, you know, he's saying some dis- distressing things like my father wants my body. And she's like, Oh, okay. That's not good. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I just, you know, there's all this, uh, he can't get away with it anymore. And, and this, and, and you got to come to my house. It's real close by. It's just right down the street. And she's like, well, you know, I can't come to patients' houses. And then he gets a phone call or his phone keeps ringing. It keeps vibrating. And then we originally thought, because he like, this is where you get your first body swap mm-hmm. when he picks up the phone. And so we originally thought it's like, oh shit, you can body swap through the phone. But later on, they just drop that whole idea. And it's just as long as the demon, whatever it is, the thing says like some magic words, they can swap. Yeah, they did kind of drop the whole like, we have to be talking to each other thing, didn't they? Like by the end, you could just say that whenever you want and just swap. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, and this is where it comes to like having rules. It's like, number one, how do you stop it? If it can just do it whenever it wants to. And then like, once it, like it meets you for the first time and it like, does it claim you? And then you can only switch with that person until you're done. I don't know. I just wish I knew more. Cause I know later on, you you find out that like it needs your blood, but like right. it certainly seems uh, like the first time, like when the body swap happens, like Ace's character completely changes and he's like super horny and super suave. This demon's super horny, by the way. Very this, horny. This whole movie is extremely horny. And he and he walks up to Derby, uh, Heather Graham, grabs her crotch and she's like immediately enamored with him. Yeah, and that we, like happens we, later on with Barbara Crampton's character, which we'll yeah. get to, you know, shortly. But it seemed like that was like, oh, I claim you. Yeah, well, weird reaction from Dr. Derby. <laughs> she gets sexually assaulted and she's like really into it. Um but then um doesn't he doesn't Asa doesn't he switch back to regular Asa before he leaves or something? I can't remember how that scene ends. Yeah, switches back before he leaves, and then he says, "You only get three times, and then the last time's forever." And then he leaves. That's right. That's right. And then uh, Doctor Derby's like, "Well, that was a weird day." And then uh, she goes home, and uh, she comes home, and uh, she has awful sex with her husband Edward. <laughs> but <laughs> then gets into it because she starts imagining Asa. Right. Right. So yeah, her uh, her husband Edward is a. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah like it looks like their relationship is is not good uh but uh, yeah during this very uh unsexy sex scene uh yeah she starts to to think about asa and you know and that grab of his and uh then she really gets into it um and then uh it doesn't doesn't she get a phone call from him well she goes to the house twice okay, okay? she goes to asa's house twice the first time is where she meets who she thinks is his father, but it's actually the demon. Right. And the, the thing. He's acting super. Yeah. He's acting super weird. And he cuts her hand with a knife and she bleeds on the Necronomicon and it sucks into the pages. Right. This is a frame. This is Asa's dad, a frame. Yeah. But they don't really, they don't really make much of that. I mean, I guess I wish they would have explained it a little bit more because at that point I thought something else was going to happen when in fact that was like the, I claiming you part. Yeah, they have an interesting conversation here too, where because um, he he seems like a a real asshole. Uh, Efrain does, and he he definitely has like you know shades of when uh, Asa was in his super horny form when he grabbed um, Doctor Derby, and uh, at one point Doctor uh, Derby asks him, "Well, don't don't you love your son?" And then Efrain says, "Why, yes, of course, he's my he's my salvation." You're like, oh, all right. That's a weird thing to say. Well, I mean, do you think they meant salvation by, you know, like I'm going to get this body? Yeah, no, I absolutely <laughs> think that's what he said. Yeah, <laughs> But like, if you're like, I'm trying to think of it from like Dr. Derby's point of view, like, huh. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, And then she comes back to the house later because she gets a call from Asa and it's the real Asa. It's not like body swiped Asa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he needs help. 
And so she goes over there, sees the dad like almost dead on the floor because, you know, he needs heart pills. Oh, yeah. We've we've established he's got uh, earlier in the movie that he's got like a heart condition and he needs these pills. Yeah. Well, so that's why he needs to get out of the body. That's why the demon needs to get out of that body. Right. But I mean, I guess it stands to reason because in this movie, this demon just hops willy nilly. Like there's not much time between like the new people that he hops into. He, it, whatever the thing. Right. Um, How long has he been fucking stuck in this old man? (laughs) I feel like if anything too long, right? Like why did he wait so long until this decrepit? It's so easy to just grab somebody in the, in the, the genital areas and claim them. I think you're, you're, I think you're focusing on the genital grabs a little bit too much. I don't think that's. It happens two times, dude. And both times that person gets body swapped immediately afterwards. Yeah. I don't, I don't just, I just think the thing likes to grab crotches. I don't think it has anything to do with like how it possesses people. I think it's the blood. I think it's like, it, yeah. it, it, it does it by like drying blood or whatever. And it, and it is genderless. I keep saying he because it definitely comes off as mas- masculine. Oh, the thing is very gender fluid. Yeah. yeah. As we'll find out soon. Um, so Asa comes running in and says, you don't like let him die. Don't, you know, we have to end, you know, this. Like, don't don't give him his heart pills. Don't like I'm going to throw your fucking phone out of the window. We're not. We're not doing this. Cut his head off. And she still doesn't know what's going on, you know? Right, right. No, she's walked into a very weird situation. Um, but she does eventually give him a hard pill that doesn't work, or at least we doesn't think it works. But then he sits up. Right. And uh, says some words to Asa, and then there you go. There's the third body swap. Right, and whenever the body swap happens after the, the words, you know, the language is spoken, like the the people involved, like they go on all fours and then just like ride around on the floor for like a little while, and like they do like a split screen effect, and then very very shaky shaky, like shaky cam, and then uh, oh, and their fingers start to like it almost looks like their fingers are breaking, like the way their like the bones in their hands start to move around real weird. That, that part that looks cool. I like that. Uh, and then yeah, then bam, you're you're the the thing is now in Asa's body, and then uh, Asa is in his in Ephraim's body. But then they switch. He switches though, because he switches to Asa's for the last time, and Asa switches his whole persona again. And then uh, and then him and uh, Derby bang on the bang on the desk. <laughs> yeah, right in front of what you know dr derby perceives to be asa's dead dad like he's his body is in the room <laughs> but it's and they, actually his dad's body with asa's right right it's soul in it whatever. right it's it's asa it's the thing slash asa having sex with dr derby in front of the the dead dad with asa's soul or whatever inside of it because he's still alive <laughs> You still with us, guys? Yeah, this is gonna be. You wait till we get to the end. Holy shit, that's. <laughs> if you if you stick that long, man, it that it gets real crazy at the very end. There's like a, a lot going on, but anyway, Asa, what what happens? Oh, effort. Eph- well, he's still alive. Yeah, eph- eph- like the the. We find out as we go through the movie too that like. <laughs> after you get finally swapped like final swapped the third time like that body takes a lot of like beating before it actually dies yeah i feel like everybody everyone in this movie just it's like the terminator it's like you just can't get killed but yeah asa now stuck in Efrain's dying body like sits up and after the thing slash inside young asa's body uh, he runs off screen for a second, grabs a a big old knife, and and just cuts Ephraim's head, head off. off, just like straight up. This just is like, this movie's yeah. only saving grace, by the way, is that there's some really good practical gore in it. Yeah, I figured Joel Lynch would stick to the practical stuff. He and it's it it, it looks really really good. It looks fucking crazy. You know, he really it really looks like he cuts this guy's fucking head off. 
<laughs> and the, yeah, it's pretty graphic. And by the way, the it's head, well done. And the, the head, he's holding it up to show Dr. Derby, and the head still like opens its eyes and it, it still like makes noises <laughs> before finally dying. Right. They make a big deal out about about um like destroying the brain. But that that doesn't also seem to work later on because there's a direct knife to the brain later on that does absolutely nothing. I feel like she will get there, but she didn't stab hard enough, man. She like that knife stopped like at the skull. It was the same knife, man. It was a long one, man. Yeah. And only the tip of it was like stuck in the head. I I don't know. She didn't didn't destroy no brain. (laughs) We'll get there. Um, This is where we meet. I mean, it's not the first time we meet her because this whole movie is done like in a flashback. Yes. And it's Heather Graham's character. Derby starts off the movie in a mental institution, Miskatonic Medical Center. That's right. Arkham, Massachusetts. Um, And she's talking to Barbara Crampton, who's a friend of hers and also another psychologist. Right. This is Dr. Upton. Right. But this is the first time we meet her in the story. And this is where... um, Derby goes, Heather Graham goes after this whole ordeal to talk to her about this and start telling her about this whole body swap shit, um, which of course doesn't believe her. I know that Dr. Upton's character is frustrating. It's one of the other things that's fr- that I got to say just like irked me throughout the movie. Like she, she doesn't believe Dr. Derby throughout like the entirety of the movie until the very, very end when it's much too late. Uh, Goes out of her way to not believe. Yeah. It's after she's been, I don't know, like, you know, contrary to, to everything that she's believed in is being, you know, like thrown in her face. Like she still just doesn't, I don't know. Her character is frustrating. And, And no, exactly. She doesn't fucking believe her. Um, and then we get this weird fucking scene where uh, Dr. Derby goes, goes to her office and like the window, she's got a, her office is way up. Like it's in this, in this building. I think it's in this uh, hospital. Right. And it's, it's right. It's way at the, the tippity top and there's a window that opens up and it doesn't have like a screen or any safety type thing on it. And it, um, she's like sitting there precariously. And then all of a sudden Asa's there and it's like, and it's, it's horny asshole Asa. So it's, you know, you know, it's the thing. And she just like, she looks at him, he looks at her, she spreads her legs, and he goes down on her. He looks up and falls it's out F-frame. the window. <laughs> no, no. She she looks down at him and it's Ephraim. It's 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 old man Ephraim. The old man, yeah. And then she like screams, and then old man Ephraim like just grabs her legs and t- you know, like flips her legs up and she falls out the window. But you know, surprise, it's a, it's all a dream. And she wakes up and then she gets body swapped again. Yeah, so she she tells Ed, her husband, that she's coming home. All of a sudden, she gets a she gets a phone call uh, from Asa, which you know, if you've seen what happened to him earlier, don't don't answer his phone call. Picks up the phone, and we see that Asa is handcuffed himself to some pipe in some basement. We don't know where he is yet, but he's only in his boxers for some reason, which I don't know why that was. But he does the words, does the language. And then yeah, they get they get body swapped. Uh, Doc Derby is now inside of Asa's body, and the thing is inside of Doctor Derby. And Doctor Derby is at her home trying to like reconcile with her husband Ed because they're having some like you know marital issues. Well, yeah, and she's she's been drinking. Although it is the thing now, remember? And uh, they (laughs) have the thing likes to fucking some wild some wild uh, asphyxiation sex with some knives involved. On the couch. Also, I got to say, there's a really funny scene when Edward comes home and she has an, already has a knife in her hand. Like, she's going to kill him. But then she, like, looks at Edward and she's like, oh, wow, he's really hot. So she puts the knife away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> she, like, mouths the word. She's like, nice. Like, nice. Right. And, like, because, again, I don't know if you've, we've made it clear this this thing is very horny. And, 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 and wants to fuck a lot. And then, yeah, and she she gets Edward on the couch and she gets the knife that she was going to kill him with. And she sticks it inside of his underwear to which both, cuts his underwear off, yeah. both of us were like, Ugh. and then she's but she just cuts the cuts his boxer. It's like his boxer briefs. <laughs> they just go flying. 
And then yeah, and then just they they bang on the couch while the camera spins around like insane. It is it almost right. made me fucking oh, throw up. Yeah. And that happens more than one time in this movie. It, yeah, just not any context in the movie. Just the camera just like spinning and spinning. I was like, oh, I can't. I got to look away. That was crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Derby inside Ace's body in the basement calls Upton, Crampton's character. And like, you know, says, oh, you know, she's in trouble. You got to come here. And when she finally does get there, sees it's the guy. And then in an excruciatingly long sequence of events, like begins to believe what's going on still ultimately doesn't though yeah derby starts giving her like some personal information (laughs) meanwhile back you know back in derby's body the thing is like trying to like because the cops came they called like she did call the cops Mm -hmm. which they've met before but that seems pointless it doesn't even need to be there it's just to give you more things to think about really yeah, the cops are kind of throwaway characters in this movie. Well, this is the last time you see them too. Yeah, because they don't even show up at the end when they when she gets arrested. No, no, I think this is the last time we see them. Honestly, like you're right. Yeah, and then yeah, like they got called there for domestics. So they're kind of figured out, and then they swap back. Yeah, just just like randomly, right? Like it just it doesn't last for very yeah, long. There's no reason to it. Like it, it until you do it the third time. Like those first two times, they only have like they have like a finite amount like of a time. time limit. Yeah. So yeah. So then all of a sudden, yeah, bam! Now, Doctor Derby is Doctor Derby again, and then the thing is back inside Ace's body, chained up, and now talking to Doctor Upton, and she's like, "Oh, who's this?" And and then he just like he says a couple things, and then she's like, "Oh, so this was just all role playing." Like some sick sex game. And then she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to leave. Right. I think he literally says, get the fuck out of my house. Oh, yeah. Because right. yeah, when Dr. Derby was inside of uh, Asa's body, she figured out that it was the, the basement of the house where, you know, like a frame got decapitated. And so it's like, that's when yeah. she's like, you come here because I'm in this house. But um, yeah. So so then, yeah, the, the, those characters, the cops are, are, are gone. Derby's still Derby, right? Oh, Doctor Doctor Derby. Speaking of Derby, she she finds out that the thing had sex with her husband, and she doesn't take it well. And then she's like, "I'm leaving. I gotta I gotta go. You or you have to leave because I I don't want it to get you. Like I I care too much about you or whatever, right?" And she goes to her her office to to kill herself, but doesn't. Well, because Asa's there. Well, the thing right. slash Asa's there. And she's at that window again, and she's like, she says, the minute you start saying the words, I'll jump. And then, um, you know, if then Asa, the thing, says, uh, if you can kill me, and he's got that big old long knife thing, then I'll, I'll let you go. And then she sticks into his forehead all the way in, dude. It doesn't go all the way in. It's like it's like it goes more than halfway in. It, it's not even an inch. Go back to the videotape. You go back to the videotape. <laughs> you miss saw that scene, dude. He, he, she barely. That was one of my things. Like, why didn't she just stick it all the way? Like, stick it in his eye. But she like jabs it into his skull, and it's just like sticking out there like a unicorn horn. And so they get into a fight, right? After but this. but this is cool. This scene is legitimately pretty damn sweet because we get some some backstory on the the thing which we needed because it's like you know come we don't need yeah, like we had nothing we, up to this point we don't need like uh, everything but like give us you know give us some fucking give us some breadcrumbs you know something right and uh so she's <coughs> during this fight standoff thing she's like how long have you been doing this and uh you know asa the thing is like he says uh time's just a shadow to me so a long time and so while they're doing this like back and forth she has the knife and the moonlight hits the knife. So its reflection is on uh, Asa's face. It's specifically in his eyes. And we know from an earlier scene that she is really good at hypnotism. And it kind of like, it was kind of cool to like realize what she was doing. I'm like, Oh shit, she's fucking hypnotizing him. And it's, and it's working. And that's when she stabs him in the, in the head. Although yeah, it doesn't, fucking work at all but this next part is pretty great right because she's gonna start hitting them with a car right <laughs> well yeah that's what happens <laughs> yeah she throws him out the window he falls like 
eight stories down and like splatters all over the pavement. Still alive, by the way. She runs all the way downstairs. Indestructible. Right. Runs all the way downstairs or takes the elevator or whatever, which you figure would take a minute. But she gets down there and it, he's still down there, but still alive. And then and then she gets in the car and backs up into him. This is pretty cool, though, because you get the, you know, like the revere, the reverse camera inside the car. He's like smashing into his face. Yeah, the, this is a cool shot because the camera is in the back. It's creative. Seat. Yeah, it is. The camera's in the back seat. It's pointed at Heather Graham's face, and she's looking backwards like she's backing up this car. And you can tell from the, you know, the the front windshield view that that's exactly what she's doing. But then, if you look in the in the dash, she has a, you know, like a, a backwards facing camera on the back of the car. So we see the camera just slamming into Ace's face over and over and over. She hits him like three or four times until he finally falls over, and then she gets out of the car. She still has that knife. She stabs him like 80 times. Like, because he, he's trying to say the words again. He, remember, he's one more body pop away from having Dr. Derby be stuck in whatever body she ends up in, which at this point is a pretty fucked up Asa. Uh, so he's trying to speak, and Dr. Derby is like stabbing him like in the face, in the throat, just anywhere just to make him, just, just to shut him the fuck up. But unfortunately, while she's going fucking ham on this guy's face, uh, she gets arrested. Cops show up, and it you know it doesn't look good. And then we're and then we've caught back up to where we started the whole movie. Right, that's why she's in the mental institution in a padded room, <clears throat> where she's gonna get body swapped for the third time. <laughs> yep. Uh, turns out, even after uh, slamming into Asa's face with a SUV, like three or four times and then throwing him out of or before throwing him out of a, a you know a fucking eight-story window and stabbing him in the head uh none of that stuff killed him so while he's no. while the uh the whatever the examiner is about to do a perform an autopsy on asa asa the thing uh wakes up says the words again no phone necessary for this apparently and Any- that, yeah um, <laughs> yeah like it just reverberates through the hallway <laughs> yep and while Dr. Upton is visiting Dr. Derby in her padded cell, um, they do a swap. And this Imagine is. Imagine swapping into that body that's been completely annihilated. It's mangled. Like. Right. It, and we. That's where Derby is now. Yeah. So Dr. Derby, she's now stuck in Asa's. Forever. Yeah. Because this is the third time. Right. So she's stuck in this. I mean, and we haven't like the makeup again. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Marcus did, you know, like the practical makeup is really good. Uh, it looks fucking gnarly. Like this thing is, it looks fucking crazy. It looks really good. It looks really, really messed up. And the the body's still alive, by the way. It like it rolls off the thing and is crawling. Yep, <laughs> the examiner is like, <laughs> see, he is flipping the fuck out. It's like it's not dead. And he just like runs out of there, and like the the, the security guard runs in. And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And he freaks out because he sees this like obviously like should be dead body that's just it's crawling on the ground with just by one hand. That's like dragging its guts behind it because it's dragging all this like entrails and leaving like this big bloody like trail behind it. So it's slowly like crawling around, and I don't know if you heard it, but you, you can hear. You know, Asa, you know, a.k.a. now Dr. Derby inside of this body here. I heard her say, uh, get me out of this body. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to happen because there's no way for you to get out. You're not a demon thing. Right. Also, this next series of events. Uh, holy shit. This is this is going to be hard to explain. All right, well, we'll take a stab at it. So now Derby is not Derby anymore. It's the thing. And it's the thing forever until the thing decides to switch again. Which it decides very quickly here. <laughs> right. Because it pushes Upton against the wall and grabs her crotch. Yep. That's like the thing it does. And then like licks her face. Mm-hmm. And Upton's like starting to get into it. But then she has like finally has a fucking light bulb go yeah. off. Yeah. Pushes her, pushes her away and covers her name tag and goes like, what's my name? Tell me my name. Right. And the thing is like, uh, you know, it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. And, but now she knows at least. Right. And so she, she gets called out into the hallway. 
where the security guard's like, you got to see this shit. She comes out, sees Ace's body crawling on the floor. Yes. Tries to save it inexplicably, even though any sane person would look at that body and be like that. That's dead or going to be dead within seconds. Well, anybody with any kind of common sense would be like, why is that even alive? <laughs> it was right. So crazy. And then, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a sad scene because, like, we we are throughout the movie, we are are led to believe that Doctor Upton and Derby were like best friends, they're like sisters almost, and they right. had these like little sayings together, and they had this little thing where they intertwined their fingers, and that's when she like like Marcus said like, well, well, now she finally fucking gets it when it's like way, way, way too late. Um, so she comes back in the padded room and she's. Dr. By herself, Doctor Upton. By the way, this is Barbara Crampton, yeah, and she by herself, by herself, and she's super pissed because now she's figured it out, and uh, you know her. It immediately gets swapped. Yeah, because the thing, you know, now in Derby's body, like it scratches her, right? Like draws blood on on her on her neck. Yep. So yep, switch. And then you got that whole like that whole standoff thing. It's like, no, I'm me. No, you're you, because. So it's got Derby in the hallway, but it's actually Upton. Right. Right. And, and then it's, it's got Upton with the security guard, but it's actually the demon thing. Right. So it's right. It's Dr. Upton is now the thing and she's it is hiding behind the security guard. Trying to get the security guard to shoot her in the head because Derby's character's fucked. Cause like she's she's gonna be in prison for the rest of her life. Things like I'm not gonna deal with that shit. Right. Yeah. The Doctor Upton slash the thing is trying to get the security guard to, to shoot. You know, Doctor Derby's body, where which is where Doctor Upton actually is. The gun gets away from them in the scuffle. Doctor Derby slash the actual Doctor Upton picks up the gun. Gets it. But then they swap back because again. I mean, it makes sense, right? The thing is like, well, I'll just, right. I'm just going to say the thing again. <laughs> and then, yep, sure enough, switches back. And now the thing is inside Dr. Derby's body. And Dr. Upton is back to being Dr. Upton for a second. Right. And then Derby shoots, the, the thing shoots the security guard in the head. Like a bunch of times. It's pretty fucking gnarly. A bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention that. <laughs> Uh, Derby and Ace's body still alive. Oh God, it hasn't fucking died yet. Before, before they switch, before Upton and Derby and the demon switch again. Yeah. Uh, Upton and Derby's body like finally shoots, <laughs> shoots that character in the head multiple times to finally kill. Right, because it yeah, it's still it like it wakes up again. It's like uh, kill me, which I was like, yes, please, please kill that character off for God's sake. <laughs> It's, it's it's a bit much. Okay, so now we're back to Upton being in Upton body and the demon being in Derby's body. That's right. And then uh, this is when they 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 just like this is kind of funny because it's Barbara Crampton who is you know in her mid sixties and she just like runs at Heather Graham's character, yeah. Doctor Derby, you know the thing, and they just have like a, a straight up like because the, the, there's no more bullets in the gun, so they just start fighting. And as they're fighting. Dr. Derby, the thing, starts to say the words, and, and then and then we get a fade. And a fade to what, though? Because like, I remember the ending. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a typical ending for this kind of movie. So the next thing we see is uh, Dr. Upton. She's in her office, right. and uh, she's talking to, I don't know, somebody. Like, it's like a patient or something. And presumably, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Dr. Upton you know, being a, a doctor, uh, I think she's a psychologist, right? Like just like Dr. Derby was, uh, but we, we all fucking know cause they were, they were, the words were being spoken. You knew what was going to happen. And so she sits down behind her desk and she pulls out, uh, her vape pen, which is something that we was established earlier that Dr. Upton likes to do. And the thing, cause it's the fucking thing takes a, a hit off his laughing, hits off this, of this vape and it's like oh this is fucking disgusting and it throws the vape in the trash and then just like rolls its own cigarettes because that's something else that was established earlier that it likes to roll its own cigarettes um and uh and, and that's how the movie pretty much ends it looks at the, the the screen and it blows uh cgi smoke rings at us 
And then, <laughs> and then the movie ends, and it's got this really crazy old timey song that starts playing about I don't even remember like I I need you like a donut needs holes or something I can't remember how it went yeah. but it was pretty funny <laughs> you should find it but that's it yeah. and that's it oh and then the movie and then at the very end it says this movie was brought to you by uh, Cthulhu Vision <laughs> which I thought was pretty great so give me your final thoughts on suitable flesh um yeah like a like a I touched upon before it's it was uh it was it was fine it was fine uh I, I'm not sorry I watched it uh it, could it have been better yes much so but um I I still enjoyed it I just it's definitely on the near the bottom of the the you know the Cthulhu verse if you want to call it that for um for me yeah it's not it it's just okay the practical effects stuff is good but it's not like uh you can't find that stuff in other movies that are better than this one. I also enjoyed Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton. I, I, I'm glad they got to be in this movie. That was pretty yeah. cool. And then they were fun to watch. They did play their parts well. Yep. But uh, it's just an okay movie. I I can't really recommend it. Um, it's just okay. Yeah, for like hardcore Lovecraft people only, right? Right. Like completists. We've reached the end of another series and it's time for the final ranks. Uh, we rank these, you know, based on how we enjoy them. We're not doing too crazy things with this. Um, we start with our least favorite and go to our most favorite. And uh, we had four movies this month because I did actually watch Infinity Pool. So we can rank that one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll start with uh, my my number four and my number three. Because honestly, both of them could have been my last place. But I'll put uh, Suitable Flesh at four and Infinity Pool at three. Just because Infinity Pool is a much better made movie. Uh yeah, I'm. This won't take long. Um yeah, the same exactly. Number four is is uh, suitable flesh. Uh, Infinity pool is right above it for me as well. Um and then <laughs> I'll do two and one because it's another sort of weird thing because I feel like these could switch depending on what time you catch me watching these. Um and I'll say that Thirty Days of Night is definitely the best made movie and the, like the best movie of the bunch, but. <laughs> I inexplicably had more fun watching X-Ray. So at this point in time, I'm going to put 30 Days of Night at 2 and X-Ray at number 1. Same here, baby. <laughs> X-Ray wins it. X-Ray fucking wins it. it it's <laughs> fucking movie, man. X-Ray is... I, I'm Man, I, I'm not going to stop talking about X-Ray uh, for <laughs> for a minute. Like, it, it's... It needs to be well more well known. Like it's one of those like so bad it's good movies that uh, it is. It's almost one of those perfect so bad it's good movies. Like it needs to be talked about alongside like Troll Two, uh, and like Birdemic, and like Sharknado. Like those movies. Like you, X-ray should be there. Like because it's it's that type of movie. Like you get a, a few friends together and um yeah. you will you will love this movie it is it's so fucking funny and it's not supposed to be uh but i i haven't enjoyed myself that much in a long time um I loved x-ray 30 days of night is is fantastic too i i really really liked it i was really glad that i liked it as much as i did on this um rewatch for 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 this month uh because it had been a very long time so i really wasn't sure how i was going to feel about it but it it is legitimately really good well, Luke, since that was uh, one of our shortest final ranks ever, you up for a little top 10? Yeah, let's go. I thought this one worked out pretty well, considering that we started the month with Infinity Pool. So here's the top 10 trippiest horror movies of all time. So, like, the top 10 movies you will not like or you would never watch. <laughs> the, the top 10 list of movies that Marcus will hate. Right. Yeah, this is, like, not your shit at all. Okay. This is uh, another one from Screen Rant. Uh, the author is Cothole Gunning, which I, you know, we're like four Screen Rant top tens in. I feel like these people that have their names on this aren't real people. <laughs> Probably not, man. It's just, yeah, it's just. 
I don't know. Is it, this article is written by Chad GTP. Well, Cuthel Gunning, if you're a real person, I'm sorry that I called you not a real person, but <laughs> I will put the link to this list in the chat into the uh, podcast description. I have not looked at this list. Um, I just found it and I'm saving it for right now. So uh, I guess what I'm curious is uh, how many of these movies I've actually seen. I look forward to the angry email by Cathole or whatever his name is. <laughs> Or her. or her. I've never seen that name before. Yeah, yeah. All right. Number 10 is a movie we both watched, but it's been a long time, and that's Phantasm. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Phantasm is great. I, I, I... It's been long enough to where I don't remember it a whole lot. I mean, remember, I remember the famous parts of it. Yes. Boy. You know, like the, the, the knife ball. Yeah. Yeah, they burrow into your head and drain your skull. I don't remember how trippy it was, though. It's pretty trippy. The whole movie's like a fucking fever dream, dude. I I really like the first two Phantasm movies. Um, but I, from what I remember, part three is worth watching. And then part four is not good. And I think they even made a part five that I haven't seen. And it was right before Angus Scrim, uh, who was the actor that plays the tall man, who was just like yeah. born to play that role um, before he passed away. I would be all about doing like a phantasm like series with you if you wanted to, man. Because there's there's so many of those, aren't there? There's there like five or six. There's five. Well, that's it. There's just five, and they're pretty short, from what I remember. And yeah. the first two movies are are really good. And yeah, the first ones is it's a fever dream. The second movie goes uh, the route of Evil Dead Two, so it, it's it's just a blast. It's a, it's yeah, we'll look, be on the lookout for that. I guess we'll get to those eventually. Yes. All right. Number nine. Oh shit. Number nine. I'm so happy this is on here and you're going to be so happy too. Number nine is house. Oh dude. House. Yes, dude. House is also fucking, fucking great. I fucking love that movie. We should do that one at some point. Um, did you ever see house too? Dude, we did house. What? Oh wait. Oh, we already did you're house. talking about the, the Japanese house. I'm talking about the Japanese house, okay. dude. I was thinking of of there's another movie. There's actually, it's actually there's two of them if I remember correctly called House. But yes, the Japanese house is. No, I'm, dude, uh, this is this is Hozu. Hozu, yes. <laughs> yes, dude. That is that. This is another movie like Stage Fright and X Ray now, where it's just so weird, but it's so much freaking fun. Yeah, it's um. No, it's it's fantastic. It is. This is another movie that like it, it defies expectation or defies explanation. Like you need to just like watch it and then let it just like wash over you. Uh, it is uh it almost indescribable. I mean, you, you can listen to our episode on it, um, which I think is really good because. It, yeah. But it, it's man, it is uh it is. How is that not number one <laughs> now that I'm thinking about <laughs> I it? I guess we'll see. All right. Well, we're two for two so far. Number eight is Videodrome. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Videodrome. I remember liking Videodrome. It's, I remember being very, I haven't very seen it since. I haven't seen it since high school. Okay. Okay. I remember uh, James Woods getting a VHS tip shoved into his stomach. Into his stomach vagina, you mean? Yes. That's a thing that happens <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Yeah. All right, well, we're three for three. So far, the the list is agreeable to me. Same, I enjoy. Number seven is in the mouth of madness. Oh hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah. Which is also pretty freaking trippy. And we also did an episode on it, which um you should check out. It's uh I kind of love that movie. Well, we're four for four, and I like all of these movies so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I I yeah. This is great. We keep them coming. All right, number six is Mandy. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> I fucking love Mandy. Here's here's where it's gonna start falling apart for me because I also did like Mandy quite a bit, right? Um, but that first hour is bullshit. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we you need the you need the first hour parts of the first hour to establish why he's so angry, right? But you don't need all of that. I mean, it's it's a little bit on the long side. I, I'll give you that. But I that's a movie that I, I wholeheartedly. I think I love Mandy actually. I, with a with an L, like I, I love Mandy. That movie was 
man, give me more of that shit every day. But the last of it is is you have to see the last part of that movie. It's insanity. The final, yeah, yeah. It is. It is nuts, and it is Nicolas Cage at his finest. It's it's him at his most cagiest, maybe. Yeah, his unhinged Nick Cage rage. Mm-hmm. Rip my shirt. Rip my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five is a movie I have not seen, but I think you've seen this one. It's Mother. No, I haven't seen it, man. I've, oh, you haven't? Okay. I kind of avoided it. I, I I heard it's, man, I heard things. Let's put it that way. So is that um Jennifer Lawrence is, is in that it? A, yeah, but is it a remake of a German movie, or am I thinking of something different? I mean, dude, it could be, but I haven't seen yeah. it, and so I have done no looking into it but i just i okay. i do want to see it at some point i i feel like that movie i saw the trailer for that movie uh, i do remember that that definitely looks like something that would be a candidate for if we want to do another one of those recap things because <laughs> i don't yeah. think you would like this at all <laughs> it probably won't <laughs> okay i'm scrolling down to number four <laughs> dude i think coffle gunning is a fan of our podcast dude okay <laughs> Number four is Possession. Oh my god, <laughs> we've done all these movies. I can I can whole wholeheartedly say that I hate this movie. Yeah, I I again we did have an episode on it. Um, it's one of the few movies where Marcus and I both did not enjoy the movie at all. Uh, and I stand by that opinion, and I will forever. And yeah, that movie is a nightmare to get through. So no, thank you. All right, number three is Bo is Afraid, (laughs) (laughs) which I have not seen, but Luke uh, did a recap for me, which sort of, you know, spawned the episode on Infinity Pool. Right. Yeah, we were, what movie were we driving to, to see together? I I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that was back in, uh, I guess it wasn't that memorable of a movie. Right. Well, anyway, we were going to meet because we don't get to meet all that often to, to see a movie together and uh, to pass the time we, you know, we were talking to each other on the phone uh, and uh, I was like, man, I watched this fucking movie called Bulls Afraid and I just, I don't know, I had such a fun time like <laughs> describing the craziest parts of that too. Um, ultimately, I, I did enjoy it kind of, but I'm never watching it again. It's like three hours fucking long and there's no, there's no yeah. fucking way I'm doing that again. But um, there's parts well, of that based movie. Based on your recap, I am, I am never going to watch this movie. Yeah. There's, there's parts of that movie are, are really great. Specifically the first hour is, is I think really good, but then there's two more hours. <laughs> so. All right. Number two. Okay. I have not seen number two and I'll tell you exactly why in a, in a minute here. Okay. Um, there's, Two reasons. Uh, number two is Eraserhead. Oh, I, I watched Eraserhead, like, think like last year for the first time. Yeah, the two reasons why I, I didn't watch it is because, number one, I hate David Lynch. Right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, David Lynch. I'm sure you're fine as a person, but I hate your movies. Sure. Like, I hate, hate your movies. I thought your two reasons were going to be David and Lynch. <laughs> the second reason is that, you know, I went to, I went to a liberal arts college. And I got a music degree and, and my department and like the film department where we worked together a lot for like, you know, cause I was always doing, I was always recording music for people's film projects, you know? Right. And I can't tell you how many times I sat in the film department waiting to go in the recording studio, listening to all these like pretentious film students talk about how amazing Eraserhead is. I thought it was kind of rad. <laughs> um, so that's the other reason. Just because, you know, you know when you get told by right. so many people that it's the best thing ever that you you get to the point yeah. where you're just like, I'm never going to fucking watch this. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I, I'm i like that too. Uh, no, I totally understand. And no, you would not like that movie. Uh, stay <laughs> stay far, far away. Uh, another candidate for maybe sometime down the line to, to do another recap of for that because – it's a short one too. It's only like an hour and a half, and it's uh, it's like one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It's um, it's something else. All right, number one is also a movie I've never seen, but I know it is uh, Jacob's Ladder. Okay. Oh man, 
I wish I had something more interest, more interesting to say about this movie because I I have seen it, but I, I saw it such a long time ago and at a, a way too young of an age, and yeah. that's a, like a really cerebral, from what I've read more than from what I remember, uh, movie that I I'm sure I, I understood zero of it, uh, and I know some parts of it from what I understand are I don't think they're meant to be understood. Um, but, um, I would like to watch it again. It's one of those movies where I, I need to rewatch it as an adult and, and, and see it through, you know, my tired eyes. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's one of those movies that I've always known about, Yeah, you know, like from, you know, like the start of my horror days, like I always knew it existed, but I just never watched it. You know what I know? What I, when I think about Jacob's ladder, you know what I think about the movement, the movement. <laughs> Yeah, you know the head thing. You know when they 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 have the character do the like they shake their head from side to side and front and back, and at yeah. an angle, and then they speed the 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 film up, and then they sure. they do that, and that's that effect was used forever, like I in music videos and Marilyn Manson videos and Nine Inch Nail videos. I feel it was like a a staple of the nineties. Yep, I, I think I'm pretty sure like Silent Hill used it, uh, dude. It's I mean, it's that effect was ever so. That's that's what I think of when I think of Jacob's Ladder. I think of that effect, which I know there's way more to that movie than just that. And I would like to um, again revisit it at some point. And um, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure I would like it. It's like I think it's about like PTSD and like war and yeah, all this other stuff. So you know, that's what I've heard. So like I, I I'm sure I would enjoy it. I just you know I gotta find the time. There's our top ten, and there's our random February, Luke. So I guess we'll see you for the next one. Yeah. I like that list. That's a good list. That was a good list. Um, I approve. Yeah, nice job, uh, right. Cat Frame or whatever your name is. <laughs> cat Frame. Dude, I, keep, I don't even know what you said. I, I don't remember what, what the name was. I think it's Cottle Gunning. Oh, I was way off. Okay. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Well, coming up next, it's the, the month of March. And here at Review to Death, we've made the month of March Sci-Fi Horror Month. So we're going to have a pretty cool, I think, uh, mix of some older movies, some pretty brand new movies, and you might even see some more Cornbrook from us. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. <laughs> some, some CGI smoke rings? <laughs> well, okay, Bruce Davison, can you do this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We'll put it in post. <laughs> And then later on to the CGI artist, hey, can you make this look good? And he's like, nope.